0: Check, check. Ryan's mic, Ryan's mic.
1: What's going on? How are you? Victoria's mic.
0: (laughs) You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health
2: and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith.
0: Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life
1: of authenticity, accountability, and adventure.
0: Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and today I'm joined by a very uncommon, very amazing, <laughs> dare I say very gorgeous young lady, mm. my wife, Victoria. Welcome to the show, babe. Thank you. Good to have you here. Welcome to our bedroom <laughs> where we are recording this. We'll get into the challenges of just trying to record a conversation as a, as a couple <laughs> within the context of your own home with your kids. But I wanted to ask you, what's been the best part of your day so far? And you can't say this because that's obvious.
1: Oh, man. Well, I had a, or I thought I had a free Starbucks today. So Mm -hmm. I went and then I was like, well, I'll get some cake pops since I'm not paying for my drink. For yourself or for? Oh, for myself, of course. (laughs) And not psych. For boys. It, no it was just me <laughs> oh. uh, and <laughs> i had dropped them off at daycare oh, and then convenient. went yes right. and then yeah psych the drink wasn't free yet hmm. next time it will be <laughs>
0: so uh, how does like how how do you botch that like how does the app work
1: So, uh, the drink I got, if I would have gotten a different drink, a little bit cheaper, it would have been free, but Mm. I got one that was a little bit too much, so... Forgot
0: to read the fine print.
1: Yes, unfortunately, but my cake pops and Starbucks were pretty great, so... you got them anyways. Yes.
0: (laughs) Sweet, sweet. You're going to ask (laughs) me what the best part of my day
1: is. (laughs) What was the best part of your day?
0: So, I will say, so I pick up our boys from... Our sis- my sisters from daycare on Monday and Tuesday. Today's Monday. And normally when I get there, I'm greeted with maybe on a good day, like a hello hey, or hey dad from, from our oldest son, Eamon. But more often than not, he sees me he's like, I don't want to go. That's That's like his new thing. Like anytime we're trying to go somewhere, he doesn't want to go there. And once we're there, he doesn't want to leave. But today he saw me and he was, I walked in the backyard where they were all playing and he was at the, the fort or the treehouse playground thing in the very back of their yard with his cousin and i didn't even like call out to him and say hey he like saw me and he just was like daddy and then like went down the slide <laughs> and sprinted across the yard with his arms open i almost Cute. didn't know what to do <laughs> i was like is he gonna give me a hug so yeah we embraced and yeah my sister mary was like oh that's like that's the type of greeting a dad wants. Like (laughs) every time I'm like, yeah, let's, let's let's work on that. But that warmed my heart, especially after last night, which we won't get into quite yet, but we'll (laughs) share about that. And it was just like a hard, hard time at bedtime with Eamon. So, yeah, but it's good to even just that simple question. uh, What's been the best part of your day? Instead of asking, how is your day? I think that's even helped us uh, be more thoughtful and, in the conversations that we have with each other Asking generative questions Because if you ask How was your day What are the typical responses you tend to To give or get
1: Good or fine
0: Yeah Busy Yeah Stressful Which I mean if as long as those con- Those answers kind of go into Like a conversation That can be okay But normally it kind of ends there So mm-hmm. Yeah And I think asking what's the best part It just kind of primes you for gratitude So even if you had a bad day It's like okay What was like One good thing that happened (laughs) because there's always at least one good thing. Sweet. So, we're actually going to be talking about celebrating milestones in marriage. And for us, that is five years of marriage, which our anniversary to date the show was a couple weeks ago on September 22nd. And while five years isn't a super long time, it's a 15th of my life and an 18th of your life. Mm. Yeah. I can do math. (laughs) And we're just we want to take time to candidly reflect on the past five years, specifically the intentional things that we've done to try to keep our marriage fresh, Christ-centered, and fun, because marriage should be fun. And we'll also share about the mistakes we've made, that Victoria's made, <laughs> no, that I've made, and opportunities for growth and improvement. Because newsflash, we are not perfect, not even close. <laughs> but I'd say uh, we're committed to learning and growing, and and that's pretty uncommon, right? Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, just to kick it off, like one topic one topic that I think is very prevalent in marriage in particular is that of expectations. What comes to your mind for you when you think about expectations within a marriage?
1: Yeah, I think an expectation I had in the beginning was maybe like that marriage was for happiness. And so yeah, and maybe we would d- go on vacation. We would have kids and we wouldn't fight. We'd get along all the time. And obviously there'd be ups and downs, but yeah, we'd be happy. And, um, but learning that marriage is for our holiness. And so, um, yeah, just becoming more like Christ, it's like a mirror. So I feel like there were things that, I would point out in you and then quickly be convicted and be like, oh, man, I, I do that too. And so, um, yeah, it just brings us closer to Christ and um, not looking to each other for fulfillment and happiness, but looking to Christ to make us whole first. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be happy from Christ and then we can – Then pour into our marriage, loving each other from an unconditional place um, rather than a conditional
0: place. place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I think you even borrowed from Tim Keller and his quote on marriage is for our holiness and not for our happiness. And Mm. yeah, I think a lot, probably most couples, including ourselves, definitely enter into the marriage relationship hopeful of the happiness and the joy that we will experience in marriage from being served, but to, to love in a Christ-like manner, like first and foremost, like you are called to serve. And I think the vast majority of expectations that we have of like how our spouse will behave and respond and treat us, especially in that dating and engagement phase when infatuation is at like an 11 out of 10 we get into marriage and maybe months or years go by. And I think pretty quickly those expectations don't meet reality. So you learn pretty early on that you should do away with most of your expectations and assumptions because they almost always lead to disappointment. And a side note, if, if and when you add kids to the equation, you really got to like temper your expectations of, Mm -hmm. of who your spouse will be and how they will respond in every situation. I wanna know what's been one of the biggest surprises f- for you from the first five years of our marriage. Hmm. Whether that's about me or who you have how you've grown or just what is yeah, what's surprised you? Is it my my hairy back <laughs> that I have a tail?
1: <laughs> you go first.
0: Okay. I would say that I've been surprised by how much work and intentionality it takes to truly sustain a strong marriage. And this isn't me patting myself on the shoulder and saying like, Oh, I'm the most intentional husband there is because I'm, I'm not always that way. And you can attest to that better than anybody. I think if I'm, if I'm honest, which I try to be on the show, a lot of times I'm lazy or complacent in my pursuit of you. And I can admit that, um, But I think overall we have been intentional in prioritizing consistent time to connect, exploring new ways for us to like remain curious about each other and learn about each other and pursue deeper intimacy. And we're gonna share some of those things that we've done. But yeah, overall, just how much work it takes. And I've heard it said, and I've I've even said, it's like no one's gonna have a a good godly marriage on accident, right? It's like Mm we we rest in God's grace and his spirit who lives in us to to do good and to love like Christ. But we are also called to give a concerted effort in that.
1: Yeah, I will say I feel like you have been very intentional, which I appreciate. Um, (laughs) Just with, yeah, our Thursday evenings doing a Bible study. And um, yeah, there's been times where maybe I'm tired and don't want to do it. And you'll... Yeah, remind me, like, hey, is, is it, like, does tonight work? And kind of mentally prepare me instead of, like, okay, we're going to sit down and do this now. Um, and then, yeah, just pursuing me, surprising me with dates has been great, too. Um, but, yeah, it kind of reminds me of I was previously married, so kind of comparing that, um, I was maybe like falsely promised, like, oh, once we get married, we'll, we'll do Bible studies. And, um, and then I naively believed that like once we got married, everything would change. And so, and then, yeah, that didn't happen. And so, um, yeah, that's just been a wonderful surprise having you be so intentional and, um, just, yeah, making my dreams come true of a... (laughs) godly and happy marriage has been awesome and um, I think just communication too like I really struggled to communicate I was the queen of silent treatments (laughs) and um, yeah you've just really helped me communicate and um, yeah just genuinely caring about like how I'm feeling and so asking good questions to help me understand what I'm feeling and explain it, help me explain it to you. And so that's been awesome. I feel like I am comfortable to communicate now. I can recognize what I'm feeling and explain it to you and instead of just giving you the silent treatment. So communication has been a big surprise for myself and mm. um, and yeah, you helping me with that.
0: Thanks for saying that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Communication is key and an area that we both still have a lot of room to grow in. And you said a lot of nice things about me, which I <laughs> appreciate, but for sure, there's a lot of things that I struggle with. Um, and even as you were talking, as I had the realization, I've be I've become surprised by just how much i do struggle with anger at times because <laughs> you're, you're like Tell me about you're like it. building me up so i gotta <laughs> kind of knock myself down a little bit i feel like so. i'll let you do that
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i walked right into your trap no i just with tone of voice irritable impatient responding in anger like using words in a way to to try to defeat or like win as opposed to you know, reconcile and, and, um, build up. So not all surprises are, are good in, in marriage, especially <laughs> when, yeah, like you've ta- alluded to earlier of just your spouse being a mirror to your own sinfulness and p- hypocrisy. And so that's a, that's a sobering thing, but being willing to, I think, just bring that to the foot of the cross and, and practice repentance and we we definitely have to practice repentance towards each other often, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Is this your way of segueing into last night? <laughs> uh,
0: uh, it wasn't, but I, I can do that. I'll save it. I'll save it because okay. there's an even better segue coming up. But I appreciate you <laughs> holding me accountable to come clean on the show. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're like, I'm not letting you get away from that. Um, okay. This is kind of the last just firing a question at you which I know you love what would you this gets into our next topic Um, what would you say is one of the biggest challenges that we face when it comes to prioritizing dating and romance and even just connecting as a couple because you mentioned our Thursday night devotional times and yeah we try to that is a priority but there are plenty of times where like two, three weeks go by and we're like, oh man, we haven't done that. So mm-hmm. it's not, I'm not always on point with making sure we sit down to do it. And sometimes I come up with things that I prioritize on, on that, that night. And I'm just like, can we do another time? And and then we don't. So yeah, before you shower me with praise, <laughs> <then>. <laughs> I also do struggle <laughs> in that area. So the question was, yeah, what is one of the biggest challenges that you see when it comes to us prioritizing just connecting as a couple?
1: Um, probably part of it, busyness. Um, yeah, truly being busy with like work and kids. And then there's times that, yeah, we don't have anything going on and just not, maybe we both have our phones and so not prioritizing just being together and being present i struggle with being present sometimes i'll pick up my phone and i won't even have like a reason i just open it without like oh this is what i'm getting on it for Mm. um so alone sister (laughs) yeah so just putting it away and um yeah, I've even been convicted as the kids are playing instead of just sitting on my phone, like just watching them play and like watching them grow and interact. Because, um, yeah, I won't get that time back. And so thinking that way with marriage, too, like um, not just well, yeah, we're together, but not interacting mm-hmm. and so not connecting yeah like i think of our recent little getaway where we didn't have the kiddos and um a three and a half hour car drive just to talk was so fun and undistracted and uninterrupted no kids music in the background oh, no God. yeah and so yeah that was super fun just having that quiet time and deep conversation
0: mm-hmm yeah. So distraction and busyness. Yep. I think uh, something that any any couple listening to this um, can identify with. I think there's also like a lack of kind of with that a lack of emotional desire. Mm-hmm. So after you've been married a while, like that we talked about, that infatuation tends to wear off. You really have to kind of work to keep that spark going. You're no longer seeing your partner through those rose colored glasses you become all too familiar with like their less attractive side, like their unappealing quirks and annoying tendencies, their foul moods, their foul farts, (laughs) their their morning breath. And as we've already (laughs) talked about, just like their sin nature. And so we have to give each other grace, (laughs) choose to focus more on the good and less on the bad. And that's like that practice of gratitude.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was actually just reading this morning about our thoughts And, yeah, taking them captive and how if we can, if we have one bad thought, how that can lead to a bad feeling. And then that can lead to a bad action. So maybe having like a bad attitude. Um, So, yeah, it all just spirals from one thought. And so that was, sometimes I don't even like realize my thoughts are bad until... They've just been you're smacking going and going. <laughs> <laughs> She's never done that for me. <laughs> but yeah, taking our thoughts captive is um, yeah biblical and something that's hard to do when you don't recognize that you're even thinking bad things at first.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just catching yourself in the moment. and it, I think that goes back even to what you were talking about with just the tendency to be on our phones like that's not practicing being present and so how how effective are you going to be at really being conscious of your thoughts and how it's affecting your emotions if you're just mindless scrolling on your phone and i'm just as guilty of it as as you and so that's an area that we've tried to hold each other accountable in sometimes we're more gracious than others sometimes i'll just like grab your phone and be like get off your phone and that is like not a good approach yeah i don't like that (laughs) right well it's also just hypocritical because like five minutes before i was doing (laughs) the same thing so just yeah being gracious being on the same page let's what about complacency so you know we've been married five years again not a super long time certainly long enough to just kind of settling into routines and kind of that default setting of of just drifting And you're kind of you're going to work, you're going to church, social gatherings, doing life with others, but not necessarily doing life as a couple. Maybe you go on a date once in a while, you turn on a movie at the end of the night, you both sit on the couch but you're on your phones. We've definitely guilty (laughs) of that and just not putting in the work to connect. And again, we're going to share some of the ways that we try to fight complacency and strive for connection. But it it does take intentionality it's not going to happen on accident. So I think another challenge to connection and intimacy is assumption. So let's, let's go back in time five years or so. Think back to when you and I first started talking. Uh, I remember, you know, a handful of nights where we were on the phone for hours talking. It's so a gathering Intel, learning about each other. There were butterflies. <laughs> um, As you think back to that season of, like, you know, talking, dating, like, what thoughts or emotions, like, do you remember experiencing?
1: Um, I think giddiness. I I remember (laughs) the, I had moved back in with my mom and I was in the office and the office had French doors, glass that looked into the dining room and everyone would be in the dining room and I'd be on the phone with you. So I'd try to, like, hide in there so that, (laughs) so that they couldn't see me talking to you. Um, but yeah, I just remember being excited and, um, yeah, learning about each other. And then we would always, or you would always, um, ask to pray at the end of it. And I just loved that. That was like my dream to have someone who just had Christ at the center. And so it was just cool to see from the very, very beginning, Um, just starting a prayer life together and devotional together. And, uh, yeah.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You touched on just wanting to learn about the other person. And I think the idea of just like fascination, like you're Mm -hmm. the most interesting person in the world. And so you're super curious and you want to know everything about their childhood and everything that kind of may made them into the person they are. And when you've been with your spouse for a few years I think it's easy to believe that you've learned everything there is to learn about them it's like yeah I know I know what their favorite food is I know what their favorite color is I know what to get them on their birthday and just kind of that stuff but failing to acknowledge that they're an evolving person like they're changing and go back to Tim Keller I think it was who said over the course of your marriage you're going to be married to like multiple different people and you're going to be multiple different people and So kind of guarding against settling into assumptions and judgments and assuming you know all the motives for why they say and do everything and and stop giving each other, like, the benefit of the doubt and seeking to understand through, like, generative questions, which we talk about. You know what they say about people who assume? Tell me. It makes an ass of you and me. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Censor for language. But I will say, like, I think curiosity – is the antidote to assumptions and you just have to consciously choose to remain curious and it does it doesn't mean you have to come up with some super unique question. But like one thing we do at dates sometimes is we like, we try not to have our phones out, but if we do, it's like we pull out this app. I think it's intimately us or, or in love while parenting, both of them have like good questions. Mm-hmm. And just all these different topics that you can choose and, so sometimes we'll, we'll do that. Because like, we don't do that often, but it just generates some questions. It's like, oh, I've never asked Victoria this. I yeah. honestly don't know the answer. And that's just a fun way. To, we probably look like every other couple that's just <laughs> sitting at dinner on their phones, but we are actually connecting. So, And then the last one that I had here, which you already touched on, was kids. And yeah, kids, like full disclosure, kids are a challenge to connecting in marriage. I think having kids presents new challenges but I think kids are often too often blamed or used it as an excuse to no longer pursue your spouse do you think that's fair
1: um yeah I feel like I hear that a lot and it kind of yeah it makes me sad because kids are such a blessing and um I know that I was like before we had kids, people would just talk about like how challenging they are and just all the challenges. Like they're just
0: trying to warn you.
1: Yeah, and so I just remember being pregnant and being scared. It was like, oh man, I really want to have a baby, but also I'm really. Everyone seems like they're scaring me into this, and um, and so then yeah, after like having our first, it was like, wow, this is amazing, and like the challenges are fun and it grows us or brings us together and mm. it causes us to depend on God and to be more prayerful and um so yeah, not looking at them as a burden but yeah, a blessing. Um and then <laughs> having George super close together, George and Amon. Mm. And I just remember when I was telling everyone I'm pregnant again, they were like, you're crazy. (laughs) And then I was scared again. And so.
0: Got to find new people to talk
1: to. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember talking to one person who had the same age gap and she just brought so much comfort. I told her I was pregnant and she was like, oh my gosh, you're going to love it. It's the best. And it just, yeah, comforted me and made me excited. And obviously, yeah, it's, there are challenges, but. It. I never was like, I can't do this or I don't want to do this. It was like, even in the chaos, it's fun and, yeah, life-changing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that you touched on how having kids can actually enhance your marriage. Mm-hmm. Brings you closer because, yeah, there are hard things that you just go through together and navigating how to take care of another human life like we are learning that together mm-hmm. like, you think that's gonna bring someone close people close together because it does make us dependent on god and we do have to be very prayerful and how we want to honor god with the way that we parent our boys and it's also just brought a lot of fun experiences like things that we get to do with our kids that mm-hmm. i feel like doing it as a family like makes me love you more and I'd say seeing the way that you're a mom to our boys is like awakened this other side of like my love for you as my wife that wasn't there prior to us having kids. And even, you know, you credited me with helping you, you know, kind of early on in our relationship, just grow in your communication. Like you've definitely helped me through parenting our boys, like just, under in communication but also just understanding like emotional intelligence and understanding <laughs> like the mind of a 2-year-old <laughs> child is not the same mind as as that I have and so just understanding how to be patient and gracious and so now I'll go into what happened last night <laughs> 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 where I failed miserably oh yeah so we were actually going to try to record this last night and we got George down because he goes down a little bit early. So I was like, all right. I had everything set up at our kitchen table. The mics were ready. The sound check, one, two. Everything was locked and loaded. And all I had to do was, I think you actually took Eamon up to mm-hmm. bed initially. And he's been more of a struggle lately of just not wanting to go to bed and not falling asleep right away. So you were up there for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes trying to get him to go to sleep
1: yeah and, he just kept asking for dad
0: Yes, he knows i'm the soft <laughs> i don't know so i go up there i'm like okay i'll get him to sleep usually i can get him to sleep pretty quickly he's like he needs his whole like he needs his back and his arms and legs like, all scratched yeah you know, so he did that and this kid just fought sleep like i've never seen him fight before
1: it's the enemy attacking us, Dude, coming yeah. against us. Didn't this. want this
0: podcast to happen, but here we are. <laughs> praise God. But no joke, I must have tried to sneak out of his bed 11 plus times. And every time I would, he would feel the movements of the mattress ever so slightly. <laughs> his eyes would shoot open. He grabbed me a couple times. But even as he was like waking up, he was falling asleep. It was so bizarre. And I'm just like, stop fighting it, please
1: this was probably nine thirty. yeah i late. went up at
0: nine thirty. i was there for 30 minutes but the roller coaster of emotions that i went through <laughs> was like trying to comfort him be patient the first five times <laughs> and then after that it was just like i was actually laughed at one point just because of how cr- ludicrous it was I yeah because like, this never happened like, this is insane <laughs> and then it started setting in on like how frustrating it was getting, especially knowing that we had planned to record this. And I was like, of course, the one night that we're going to do this, he does this and <laughs> he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> just all these lies. And I got to a point where like I had to get out of his room or I was going to like lose it on him, which I is hard to admit. And I came downstairs and Victoria. You were kind of resting on the couch because you're pregnant and tired and you were still going to go ahead and do the podcast because you're amazing and supportive. <laughs> and I just launched into some curse laden tirade of yeah i'm not not my proudest moment i was definitely swearing a lot and just like i I don't know feeling feeling like some cosmic injustice had like happened to me and (laughs) that my son was like the instrument of which this was happening and i go in and just into our kitchen i'm just trying to like you know let off some steam and i'm just like angrily like, on our trash can yeah <laughs> angrily taking out the trash and doing dishes and just swearing like a pirate and i don't even as i'm like giving in full force to my rage i know it's wrong and it's but it's, i don't i struggle with like how else do i let this out <laughs> <laughs> so it's like i need I just need to find a better outlet. And like you talk about like taking your thoughts captive, like in that moment I need to be, I need to just like breathe. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I feel hopefully someone's out there that can relate. I'm sure there's a fair amount of people listening to this that are just judging right now, but that's (laughs) all right. But uh, I I just felt like I used all of my emotional patience like in his room. And like once I was out, it's just like the top blew off. So Yeah that kids very in a very real way can can be a challenge to um intim- intimacy and connection but i think it's also like if you allow them to be mm-hmm. and in that moment like i allowed that to happen yeah. i gave i gave way to my negative emotions and thoughts instead of taking them you know captive for the lord and so the night could have gone very differently um you know praise god for his grace and forgiveness and I just need to use it as a a lesson to, to do better next time, so.
1: Thanks for that confession. Yep.
0: <laughs> On the topic of kids, why do you think it's so important to prioritize uh, dating and, and romance and just connecting with your spouse even after you have kids? Because cause a lot of couples, like that kind of goes out the window. Mm-hmm. So why why is it important? Why is it important for your marriage? Also, why is it important for your kids? You can answer one, two, both.
1: Yeah, I think if your kids are seeing you prioritize marriage, um, it's just setting a healthy foundation for them to show them like what a godly marriage looks like, um, what a friendship looks like. You know, We're not just roommates. We actually love and care for each other. Um, that way they can take those things into their future marriage, um, prioritizing it. Uh, growing up, I, yeah, I didn't see, I mean, my parents were divorced. And so just talking with my mom, um, about that, asking her questions. And that was one thing I remember her saying is that they just never went on dates, um, once they had kids and they had kids like immediately, So, just, you know, they slowly drifted away and didn't, yeah, get to know each other. So, I think it's important to um, just continue to invest. And like you said, like, we're always changing and growing. And so, asking those questions about each other and still just getting to know each other and having curiosity. Um, And, yeah, just asking, like... I think the other night you're like how I was overwhelmed and stressed. And so you were like, how can I help you? Or what can I do to like, you know, take s- this load off of you? And, um, I said, take the children. <laughs> <laughs> and don't come back. <laughs> and then funny thing, I ended up taking one of them. <laughs> to... <laughs> I was like, I'll give you one. I, do one. <laughs> I took the easier one. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I'd say for my dads out there, if you want your son to grow up and be a respectful and considerate man who treats women well, then you need to model that to him and how you pursue and date your wife. And if you have a daughter and you want her to grow up and, and stand up for what she knows she deserves in a boyfriend and a potential partner someday, then you need to demonstrate to her the qualities that that man should embody by the way that you respect and love your wife. So let's switch gears now and pull the curtain back and share some of the things that we've done to invest in our marriage and vision as a couple. So I think back to when we were first dating and we would just do like Bible studies together and we we read a couple books together. One of those was, I mean, we knew at that point, like once we started dating, we knew we were dating to get married, mm-hmm. so we read some kind of pre-marriage dating, like biblically based books. So one was The Mingling of Souls. Remember reading that? That mm-hmm. was Matt Chandler. His study on Song of Songs just gives you an overview of like a godly view of of physical attraction, like dating and sex and intimacy. So that was a good thing.
1: Maybe you shouldn't have done that before. I mean. <laughs> You know, it not does say like, do, yeah, <laughs> do
0: not awaken love before its time, which we didn't. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you you know, you just gotta you gotta guard guard your heart there. So, <laughs> which which we did by God's grace. <laughs> and then we also read a book, "The Exemplary Husband," and then Victoria read "The Exceptional Wife," and those are, I think, it was like a couple that kind of co co-authored or yeah. wrote these book as these books as like a a pair, and. Yeah, th- those are the books that we read on our honey on our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. We also had a devotional by Fierce Marriage, which we still have. So it's like a, f- is it forty days? <laughs>
1: yeah, we've yeah, turned it into four hundred.
0: <laughs> turned it into five years and counting. <laughs> it's That's kind like, of like yeah. our vacation book. <laughs> it is. We we were more like faithful in doing it regularly when we first got married, and then we just took advantage of other resources. So yeah, like. When we've gone on vacation, we're like, "Hey, let's bring the devotional book and mm-hmm. make sure," because because we're not going to church. It's it's not as likely that on we're... on vacation we do right, go to right, church right, right, right. <laughs> when we're on vacation. Yeah, like case in point, when we went to Hawaii, yeah, we didn't go to church. Like, I mean, other th- for me personally, other than doing like some Bible devotionals on my phone in the morning, I wasn't having that same devotional time that I consistently do which isn't good I mean there's no there's no excuse not to maintain that even if you're on vacation but mm-hmm. but I digress but we did take that book and and did a few entries of that and it's it's kind of cool to look back and see the first one we did was like September 23rd 2018 is like the day after we got <laughs> married and just kind of flip back through the pages and see when we've done entries but Yeah, that was another one we read tim keller's "Meaning of marriage which we've already kind of touched on went through that for our pre-marriage class at church any other resources that have come to mind for you
1: um yeah we took one another one at church while we were i think the first one we were engaged and then they were there was a marriage one so we did a re-engage is what it was called so that one was good. And just getting to know like other couples mm-hmm. during that. So we've done books just on our own. But yeah, it's, um, I think, important to surround yourself with other people, other marriages. Um, maybe they can like see or speak life into you, see things that maybe you don't see. Um, but also just be encouraged to know like oh, wow, I'm not the only human being on earth that struggles with X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And um, that's another thing that I loved that my mom said um, as I was asking her questions. Just that sh- if she could go back, she wishes that she could um, just yeah be humble enough to ask for help. Um, she just, yeah, kept everything, all the struggles to herself and didn't ever reach out for help in marriage. And then just felt like it got to a point where it was too late. Um, and so, yeah, just knowing like every single marriage has struggles and, Mm -hmm. Um, so just being humble enough to ask for help, um, and just, yeah, pouring into your marriage before you get to that point of like, oh man, it's, you know, getting too late or, you know, we're struggling too much. Um, just, yeah, pouring into your marriage to keep it from yeah. getting to that point
0: of maintenance that you do for a car. How much more important should you be doing those type of things for your marriage? Yeah. Yep. And yeah, when we took you mentioned reengage when we took that class, that was 2 years ago. Yeah, because you were pregnant with George. I think we would both describe our marriage as strong, but for us is like yeah, we we can learn new things and like yeah, we want to do life with other married couples and maybe there are some things Maybe some some uh, check engine lights in our <laughs> our marriage that we aren't seeing. Uh, maybe some blind spots. And what better way to have those things revealed than to spend, you know, twelve weeks as a large group, but also as a small group, and and really just kind of pull back the curtain on your marriage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was very insightful. When we were first dating, and might have been engaged. We did we went through financial peace because. I mean that's top of mind for me like as I'm a few years older I'm like six years older than Victoria so had been on my own for longer and had more
1: debt
0: (laughs) 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 more debt but also more savvy around (laughs) personal finance that was a good thing I'll give you that (laughs) Um, you paused yeah yeah I gave you the opening um But for us going into marriage, it was a no brainer for me to do that class, which I'd already done it post college. So I was familiar with the material and I'd read some of Dave Ramsey's books. But that, I think that just gave us a platform to have a lot of just important conversations. And again, it's not like we were taking that out of a place, from a place of like, oh man, we're like. Super in debt and just like really struggling with finances. It was more so like, let's prevent that. Yeah, let's prevent that from happening by just getting it. Like, how many couples get married and they've never even like really talked about their finances? Mm You know, like how are you going to do it? Like, (laughs) what are your values? Like, what's important to you? And just those very basic preliminary discussions. And I think one of what was one of the most telling things for me taking that class. Like, we're a young soon to be married couple. We have other couples in that class that are, have been married for decades. They're in their thirties, forties, even fifties. And a good, a good handful of them were like really struggling Mm -hmm. financially because they just had never gotten on the same page, had never maybe even thought to commit their finances to the Lord as a married couple. And is, yeah, it was kind of like sobering for me to, to see, the the, stories and the difficult experiences that other older couples were going through, and it was just like, it was just a warning mm-hmm. for me. It's like, yeah, I don't ever want us to be there. So yeah,
1: one thing that was really helpful with talking about our money, I thought it was gonna be like, you can't spend this, you can't do this, or if I do spend something, you'd be like, why'd you spend it on that? And so one thing that was helpful is, we just we do like a personal spending amount and you know you can spend it on if you want to spend it all on food that month like (laughs) that's up to you and so having you not being like like controlling what i spend is helpful there's an amount um and then you can choose what you want to spend it on and not be like well why'd you spend that and then that turns into a fight and so just, yeah, having the freedom, like this is the amount and spend it on what you want yep. was like helpful for my mind. Thanks for sharing that.
0: So yeah, another thing we've prioritized is cultivating community with other couples. As we mentioned, taking the re-engage class where we were in a small group with other couples was good. We have a weekly connection group with, through our church. So Sunday evenings, we're doing life with other couples who have kids and just a, Important season of life where it's it's good for us to just be in relationship with other other dads, other moms, have our kids interact with their kids, and do it all within the context of of God's word and just relationship with Him. We have friends who we do life with together, so I, I even wanted to touch on just hospitality and inviting families over to our home for dinner hospitality has been an area where Victoria has helped me grow because <laughs> for whatever reason I just kind of was resistant to it because I think it was subconsciously I just kind of viewed home as my domain and my place where I come after work to relax and inviting people over especially with their kids was kind of infringing <laughs> on this ideal that I had and Uh, But obviously like you look in God's word and hospitality is a a very godly command and it's like an an act of obedience. And I think it just, you've really helped me come around to see like our house is a blessing from the Lord that we need to steward. Well, and one way that we can steward it well is by opening it up to other people and Mm -hmm. not holding it as an idol. So thank you.
1: Yeah. I remember like at the beginning, so yeah, we were renovating our kitchen. So there's wires hanging everywhere, just kind of a nightmare. That was kind of like an excuse not to invite people over. And, um, but yeah, not like caring about what your house looks like. Like it's okay if it's small or cluttered or messy, like it doesn't have to be perfect. And, um, yeah, that can just be pride of like, I want people to think that you know my house is always perfect so not having that mindset either just letting them in and letting them see who you guys are
0: we messed up (laughs) (laughs) you got knob and tube everywhere
1: it's it's safe it's hidden (laughs) we're good yeah
0: and even even just thinking like the insecurity of what will people think of our home? Mm -hmm. Will they not want to come here? It's like, well, those aren't necessarily the people that we want to do life with. Mm -hmm. if that's like how they view those, those social interactions. So, and then I I think another important thing with, with relationships is just one-on-one friendships. So we both, Victoria and I both have times with our friends when we're able to have authentic conversations and just interactions around our roles and responsibilities in marriage, parenting work, For me, I think of my coffee group on Thursday morning, so I get together with a group of guys um, that they all coincidentally go to our church and have just befriended them through connection groups, and uh, that's just been a very life-giving kind of tradition, weekly weekly rhythm for me, and we close that time in prayer and can just share authentically of, you know, the highs, the lows, uh, the things that we're wanting God to do in our lives, and for you it's I mean you can speak to it but like yeah you have play dates with other moms and I know a lot of times that's like kid-centric but you're also really good at just reaching out to other women and either just connecting with them one-on-one or you know like aforementioned just inviting them over to our home but how do you feel like you've grown in in that area of of just prioritizing friendship
1: yeah friendship is uh something that i cherish and um i for several years had zero friends um in high school i had just a couple that a couple friends that i don't know if i would say toxic but just not healthy and so um yeah i just remember my sister saying if i could go back Um, I would rather have no friends than to have the friends that I had. And her story is completely different. Um, and so I took that literal and got rid of all my friends in high school. Don't recommend that, but (laughs) you can, you know, you can be a Christian and have non-Christian friends. So I kind of took that a little extreme. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I took that a little extreme, and so I just started praying for godly friends and thinking, okay, right after high school, once I go to beauty school, it's a school full of girls, surely I'll meet someone, and nope. <laughs> and so several years went by, and it was I just felt really lonely, and I just kept praying and asking God to bring along godly friends, and Um, and then, yeah, I started going through a trial in my life. And, um, so just, yeah, very difficult, very lonely. And so once we started going to Cottage Grove is when I met some of my friends and, um, I don't have a lot of friends, but I have very deep friendships and close friendships and, um, and yeah, I do have just a couple like non-Christian friendships, which is really cool. It challenges me to just live out my faith and speak loving boldness and truth to them and, um, just, yeah, good conversation with them. Yeah. I think I've grown just with learning how to just get to know people, um, asking them questions and, um, also just like asking like how, are you doing in your walk with the Lord? And what sin struggles are you struggling with right now? That's not something you typically talk with, um, especially, yeah, non-believers and or in high school. Like, that was never a thing. And so just having a very deep, vulnerable conversation, like, I almost crave that. Like, I love it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. confession is so freeing. Um, I remember being terrified to confess feeling like I'm the yeah. only one who sins and you were the first person who ever confessed anything to me and it was like
2: I don't yeah
1: and so I didn't look at you differently it was almost like more attractive it was like wow like I know you sin nice. but you confess. I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> but like you sharing it with me i just all of a sudden had this level of trust um and like a deeper love for you It was like wow like he i don't know i just saw you differently and then it made me feel comfortable and want to like share back where before it was like oh no one is gonna know what's going on up in this brain
0: because <laughs> no one else is opening up about yeah, their stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so I think I've challenged myself to in friendships try to be the first person to share to like get them comfortable to share and not having that be the motive like I'm going to share and be vulnerable so that they will share their stuff. Like just, you know, sharing to maybe be held accountable.
0: Yeah. And you don't you don't want all of your friendships to be like dominated by those heavy conversations all the time you want you want lighter times where you can just laugh together and connect on similar interests but I do believe that it is integral to a true like authentic friendship that you can be vulnerable and yeah you've expressed to me like your frustrations in certain relationships where you feel like it's kind of a one-way thing and you're like i'm i'm authentic and open and like this person isn't reciprocating that and i i i get that i can see how that is frustrating cuz yeah when you when you do open up it's like you want to create that psychological safety whether that's in a friendship or in a marriage or you know even even hopefully like in your parenting relationships it's like if you can initiate that and be the example you hope that you're just giving the other person license to do that because you know that it will be like freeing for them Mm -hmm. not because you want to like know their dirt
1: right yeah and like I shared earlier not sharing to get the dirt because I feel like look there's yeah a certain friendships where I'm like gosh they their life just looks perfect all the time and so then it almost will be like I'll share and then be like, what about you? And then they're like, oh yeah, everything's good. And I'm like, All right. They, yep. They're perfect. <laughs> and then it's fr- and then I just, yeah, I feel frustrated and I'm like, it's just me. <laughs> yeah, but you know that it isn't right.
0: I think an important point here with like friendship and marriage is like in marriage, you need to have just as strong a desire for your spouse to prioritize time with friends as your own desire to spend time with your friends. Does that make sense?
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Why do you agree? Um, Yeah, I think, so, maybe about a year ago, um, we started this thing where, so, I mean, yeah, you would go to work, and I would be home with the kids, and then you would get home from work, and I didn't want to just, like, dump them on you like you hear about, but I did feel like I needed some, like, space. um just yeah to like have my own thoughts <laughs> and just hearing you crying all day no I'm just kidding but so yeah you would give me time to just have some alone time and when it was chilly out yeah I would go to like a store or something but then once it got nice out I would just go to the front yard and garden and so that was just super healthy for my mind to have that space and so yeah same with like friendships just Having that time to get away and um, and also yeah you having that friendship maybe be like an accountability person mm-hmm. or just growing together
0: yeah yeah I think I think it's an extreme case but I, I do think it happens in some relationships where one of the partners is more outgoing and social and so they have more friends and maybe the other one doesn't and is looking solely to their partner to be like Mm. that person which i think is just an unfair going back to expectations like if if i didn't have any i think of the movie i love you man and it's (laughs) like they were getting married and the the guy paul rudd didn't have like any male friends and so the whole premise of the movie is like just following his awkward hilarious journey of like trying to learn how to make friends with other <laughs> men in his like thirties so that he would have some like groomsmen at their <laughs> wedding It's super silly. But if you've seen the movie, you know, but you like, you don't want to have one partner in the relationship just kind of globbing on to the, the other and and relying on them for all their social interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who are they talking to? in a healthy way about their relationship. Like they don't have any friends to you know bounce ideas off of or just be like, "Hey, I'm I'm actually struggling in my marriage with this." It's like you're not going to have that conversation. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it'll look differently having it with your spouse. So all that to say is like both both partners need to whether you're introverted or extroverted, like both partners need to have friendships. And that can look very different. But they st- like both people need an outlet for community and like creativity so that they're not burdening all their social interaction on their spouse, which I feel like we have a, a good, healthy balance there. And we have mutual friends, but we mm-hmm. I also have friends that you're not friends with and you have friends that I'm not friends with. And yeah. It's
1: fun. And I think if, you know, maybe there's someone who like me a couple years ago who like has zero friends and friends are hard to find and Mm -hmm. um and they don't just get deep right when you meet them like it takes effort um i do have like two friends where like we met and we just immediately clicked Mm -hmm. and it was so easy so that is a huge blessing but then i also have a couple friendships where in the beginning it was like i don't know not like (laughs) yeah or like we just did not click and we've just continued to hang out and get to know each other and get comfortable with each other yeah. and so yeah it some relationships just take a lot more effort um and so yeah that's been good
0: mm-hmm. give it time
1: yep yeah
0: so that was a lot about friendship as we kind of wrap up a couple of other things that we've done to continue to try to grow in our marriage and intimacy Like serving together. So we serve at kids' church on Sundays. I think doing that is, I don't know, it's just, it's cool to see your partner with, like, interact with kids that, like, aren't our own kids, I think. And And
1: yeah, we did that before we even had kids. So that was fun, like, seeing you, like, huh, what's he going to be like as a dad (laughs) 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 with these strangers? (laughs) How will
0: he be when our son does not go to sleep (laughs) late at night? (laughs) Hopefully that scenario didn't happen. Oh, man. But yeah, I think serving together is a good thing. It's like you're doing something with your partner that is not about you. And you're not trying to get your own needs met. You're being the hands and feet of Christ. Like That's a good thing to do in marriage. And it's a, probably even a better thing to do as a family. And something that I think a lot about as our kids will be getting older. of just What does that look like for us to model service to them? In our marriage and outside of our marriage, but also to start involving them in those things. Mm-hmm. You already alluded to our weekly devotional t- times, Thursday evenings, and I feel pretty strongly that that's been like one of the most important things that we've done in our marriage. Because it's not even so much like we we typically will watch like a video Bible, Bible study, which is good. But I think just knowing, like, we have that time one night a week to being God's word, but to more so than even just, like, having a conversation at dinner where we're asking generative questions. It's like, no, we've got an, you know, hour together to really just, like, how are you, not, not like, what was the best part of your day, but it's like, how are you doing, like, with the Lord? How are you doing in your walk? Like, let's like really get, you know, beneath the surface here. And like, how can I be praying for you? How am I doing serving you? And we don't always ask all of these questions, but I think just knowing it's like a scheduled longer period of time and we're always able to pray together at the end and, and, you know, pray for our, our kids and just whatever else is on our hearts. Like, I would just say if you're a Christian couple and you like, yeah, maybe you go to church on Sundays and maybe you even have something like a connection group, but do you have something where it's just like you and your spouse and you can connect like spiritually in that way and carve out a little bit more time to have those conversations, that prayer time? Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? What is, what is our devotional times like meant to you?
1: Yeah, it's been helpful. Just the prayer time and, um, it's been, like a time of confession too. So like prayer and confession, like, how are you doing? And, and yeah, it just, I feel like the enemy wants us to believe the lie, like, oh, if I share this, like they're going to be disappointed or think of me differently or just, yeah, some lie that it's going to hinder your relationship. But I feel like each time it's just, created more trust and grown us closer and um yeah just having that confession is good and i mean yeah it can be hurtful at times too but in the end it's um rewarding Mm -hmm. and freeing
0: yep healing
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i i think like i in the mornings i spend time in prayer for for you and for our boys and and other people in our lives and so I have in my mind the things that I should be praying for you about based on our interactions and what I know about what's going on in life and but I think our devotional time that's when I can one time a week say like what do you want me to pray for you about Mm -hmm. and I could ask you that other nights but that's just like the one time that for sure I will do that and I would say to any Christian couple listening to this, like your spouse needs your prayers and and should covet your prayers. And like, I need Victoria's prayers for me every day. She needs mine. Maybe that doesn't seem as important or it's less tangible, but I think it's like one of the best ways that we can actually love our spouse by Mm -hmm. praying for them and not just like keep them safe. Bless their day. Like what are the bold specific prayers that you can be lifting up to God on behalf of your spouse Mm -hmm. as we close. So yeah, we've also, you know, we talked about the drift and like great way to counteract the drift is like you have to create vision for your family. So we've created a family vision board and a mission statement. I've done episode episodes on both of those. The pre the one right before this one was just how to write your family mission statement so I'm not going to get into a lot of detail there, but I think that's just been a a good way for us with a, with a young family to start proactively thinking about like what do we want the direction of our family to be and what are our core values? Who is the Garvey family? Like what do we stand for? What do we want our mark to be on this world? And as we build God's kingdom, and if you're not talking about those things, like you're just not going to know and You know, if you have kids and maybe they're older, I would challenge you to ask them, like, just ask them the question. What do you think is our mission as as a family? And I think you'll be surprised to hear the answers. And and maybe you won't even get an answer because they don't know. And it is up to you and your your spouse to set that vision. I know that has been something that's kind of been something you wouldn't like normally do. Mm-hmm. But what what have you thought of? I mean, we've we've talked about it, but like, what are what are your thoughts on just like having a vision board and a family mission statement? And...
1: Yeah, I feel like the vision part—it's so hard for my mind to just think five years ahead, even one year. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll see you when I get there. <laughs> but but yeah, having writing down that vision um, together has been fun and we, uh, to actually like cross things off too. Um, I think my mind sometimes is that just growing up poor we never took a vacation so even just like writing down the vacation in my mind I'm like yeah I don't know it might not happen but you know you save and there's travel hacking and so it's been really cool to like write that down and actually take that vacation and like okay things you can write things down and make it happen um prayerfully you know not everything you write down is gonna come into you're not manifesting it (laughs) but prayerfully but yeah prayerfully like this is what our like dream or desire is and um you've also taught me like it's okay to like write something down and it not happen or to fail like that was another thing where i'm like well i don't want to write this down because what if it doesn't happen or i or like yeah starting my own business what if i fail what if like i don't make any money and you're like it's okay like (laughs) you you can try grow from it and i was like oh so just changing my mindset too
0: for sure it is a mindset shift of just getting past your fear of failure and I always go back to the verse, like God is capable of doing far more than we ask or imagine. I think it's in Ephesians. So I'm like, man, if God's capable of doing that and he lo- loves to bless his children, then I should be asking and, and believing and praying for him to do some pretty audacious things in our lives and submitted to his will, of course. So maybe the way I think it's going to happen, it doesn't happen that way or in that the time that I thought, and that's okay. Then I just kind of readjust and, I'm excited to see what God will do through the vision that he's given us. Um, All right. As we close, anything else that you can think of that we've done to cultivate vision in our marriage? I purposely left out the most obvious thing that we do. Annual.
1: That was okay. That literally was starting to pop into my mind. What was your question? Say it again.
0: Like, was there anything else that we do to cultivate vision in our marriage?
1: Yeah, so every year we do a what do we call it?
0: So we've been calling it a goal setting retreat, but I like to I kind of want to switch it up and call it a dream retreat.
1: Dream retreat, yeah, yeah I like that. Sounds
0: button. way better. That yeah. is really what it is.
1: Yeah, so we um, we'll just do like a two day, maybe even a one day. I think we've done little road trips. So we've been to Minnesota, Great Wolf Lodge, I think before it's kids, in Kansas City, Kansas City. Okay. And then, yeah, we went to Kansas City again last year, Airbnb, and just play and have fun. But then we'll also, like, a few times, like, start out at a coffee shop and do part of the packet. So what's the packet? Oh. um,
0: explain that.
1: So, yeah, we'll have, like, a goal-setting packet that has a list of questions um, and topics. So, like finances for the next year um, marriage yeah. relationships friendships
0: and sorry to interject but just to give a a more accurate picture of, of how it works but a big part of it is just like reflecting on the previous year and assessing yeah how's your marriage how are things with kids uh, finances job like sex and intimacy, just dating, romance, spirituality, like our walk. So really every facet of our lives, we take time to assess the previous year and then to cast vision for the upcoming year. And we've done this four or five times now. Mm-hmm. So we And we save our answers from the previous year. But basically how it works is going into that dream retreat weekend, the weeks leading up to it, we just – Go through the packet on our own. I can probably kick it back to you because that's what you're. You're explaining explaining it very well. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to take over? Do you want? Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll ask you some questions about it. But we just go through the questions and answer them individually on our own. And so, what the purpose of the weekend is is like Victoria said to play and have fun because it's just us. We're not taking our kids. Thank God we have amazing parents who love to spend time with their (laughs) grandkids and we go and have fun we have dates it's something that we save for so like we don't feel bad about going out to eat for most of the meals and and then we carve out time in the morning maybe at lunch in the evening to really just go through different the 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 packet just in sections so we've already answered all the questions so really what it is is like oh what would you say for this answer Oh, this is what I put. Oh, and it just fosters amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. Like the first part of it is like, these are all the things we're so thankful for that God did last year. And this is what we're hopeful and excited for about this year. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of a better way to create vision in a marriage, in our family, because we're talking about our kids as well. We're talking about our grandkids. We're talking about legacy that we want to leave. I mean, I've I've changed the packet every single year because I just think of new things that we should be talking about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what has that experience been like for you? How do you feel like it's helped you? Helped our marriage?
1: Yeah, I think one thing that pops into my head there's a part too just about like our spouse and like just praises for them for the year. Uh, or, not even necessarily the whole year, but just, yeah, focusing on your spouse. And that's always like a fun one to, to look back on and, um, like, yeah, how has Ryan been a great husband or great father in this past year? And just to intentionally give encouragement to each other is really uplifting. Um, and then, yeah, just like growing in my, the dream section on my packet or the goal setting um i will write the tiniest little goals so that i can accomplish it and feel good about myself
0: (laughs) and i'm like go bigger (laughs) go bigger go home
1: your goals stress me um but yeah just like so many dreams (laughs) just challenging myself to write it down and um And not just writing it down, but, like, how can I then accomplish it? Right,
0: working backwards.
1: Yeah, because I think that's the part where I'm like, how do I get there? Like, I'm not even going to write it down if I don't know how to get there. So, writing down some action steps and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. specifically maybe with work. Like, if I want to make this much, then this is what I... I should do weekly mm-hmm. and daily and, yeah. and um, even
0: getting into like the motives of like, well, why, why do we want to make that much? Yeah. It's not Cause we want to be rich. Like we want to be able to give more and to invest in God's kingdom and our future. And like, we get into like the nitty gritty and that's just, that's the beauty of that exercise. Cause you, you just naturally have those types of conversations. Of, like these are my goals, but like why and how, and let's pray about it together. And another thing I'll add is we don't just do it like we do that weekend once a year, but we we strive to revisit our answers quarterly, so every few months cuz like it's great if you go through the packet and answer it all, but if you don't look at it the entire year,
1: yeah. I think the first time we did it, we didn't look at it and it was right. like why did we do all that? Yeah, it was like I have no idea what it Last year, yeah, what we wrote.
0: We're actually candidly, we're due to look at it like ASAP. (laughs) It's been a while, (laughs) and I will say, like with the uncommon, we are planning on doing a couples' dream retreat in Kansas City this winter in February. So, yeah, Victoria and I will be there, and hopefully, some other couples that (laughs) that want to experience this. But already, like, I've got some pretty fun dates experiences planned that are not like typical dates that you would ever do and they will definitely foster intimacy and just communication and fun friendship yeah you'll meet other just uncommon couples that are just trying to elevate their not just their marriages but it's it's so much more than that it's their families and it's you know generations to come so if you're interested in that, you can learn more at com slash experiences. You can sign up today, get your name on the wait list, and then we'll follow up uh, as the event draws closer. But uh, yeah, this is just part one of this episode. We didn't even get into really like what we do to mix up our dating life and keep it fresh, keep it funky. <laughs> so we'll be sharing that on the next one. But uh, yeah, babe, any last words of encouragement or... Anything you want to leave with the listeners? Don't freeze now.
1: <laughs> Take your thoughts captive. Okay. For a healthy marriage. <laughs> That's great.
0: Got nothing to add to that. Um yeah, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Uncommon Podcast. I've been your host, Ryan, joined by my beautiful co host. <laughs>
1: Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) We'll
0: see you on part two.
1: Bye. Bye. Thank
0: you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.